Welcome to Legally Speaking, a podcast from the Utah Attorney General's Office. Here, we will be discussing matters of policy and justice, cases that our office is taking on, hot topics in Utah and in the world. But of course, it will all be done legally speaking. Hello, I'm Richard Pye, and welcome to Legally Speaking, the podcast of the Utah Attorney General's Office. Joining me today is Joni Jones. She is the uh, litigation division director from our litigation division, which needs a little bit of explaining, I think. What does the litigation division do, Joni? Well, right, the litigation division um, handles all the litigation against state and state entities, um, and also UTA, where the uh, person is seeking damages, money damages. So in other words, if somebody's suing the state or suing UTA, you're the division that handles it. Um, yes, so long as they want money. So we don't handle the kinds of cases that say stop enforcing this law, like the abortion law okay, or something sure. like that. We don't handle those cases. Just, just if somebody wants money in a lawsuit against the state or state entity. Okay. So um, what kinds of cases have you handled in the past that people may recognize from the news that you can talk about? Well, uh, this one was a while ago, but we did handle, um, you'll probably remember the Parker Jensen case, uh -huh. the, um, the uh, young man who was diagnosed with um, cancer and his parents did not want him to have the cancer treatment and uh, DCFS um, initiated proceedings to um, take legal custody of him so that they could uh, be sure he got the, uh, the cancer treatment. And it wound up with, uh, with uh, them fleeing the state with their son and the governor, um, I think, became involved. So that was one of the cases that we dealt with. It ultimately, um, we ultimately won in that case. Mm -hmm. We prevailed. So there are some very delicate cases that you're currently handling that have involved state entities. Let me see if I can broaden this out. State entities uh, where the injured party feels the feels like someone within the organization was liable and therefore needs to pay money. In other words, they're saying that somebody needs to be found at fault and they need to be compensated. Is that accurate? Yeah. That's okay. basically the type of litigation okay. that we so that we handle. In the Parker Jensen case, that very that very much came down to a right or wrong issue in a lot of people's minds, and the state usually is seen as the bad guy in these kinds of cases. Um, but yet, the state is entitled to, as anyone in this country is, a defense. So, how do you decide uh, how to defend? The, the governmental agencies, which are sort of seen as the big, looming, rich, bad guy against having to pay too much taxpayer money to cover for this incident that happened. Well, I mean, of course, obviously we want to understand first, you know, what happened. Um, did somebody do something wrong, and did they do something wrong at a level that um, could make them legally liable. So, I mean, we have to evaluate that. 
Um, and then we also have to evaluate the types of uh, laws at, issues, uh, at issue. The um, state and state employees have significant uh, defenses that they can raise, like qualified immunity, absolute immunity. Actually, you can't, you, you can't actually sue the state itself for uh, money damages under a, under a federal law, for example. Um, you can for a tort claim for a personal injury claim. So we do do a lot of personal injury accident claims, but we also do a lot of civil rights claims. Those have become our kind of um, biggest, uh, um, and they're usually our most high profile cases, the civil rights cases. So some of these cases, are there times when you get to the point where you've looked at all the facts about what's happened, a tragic situation on one hand, and then um, and then our duty is to protect the state's assets, you know, within the law. Um, do you reach a point where it's better to simply settle these cases than it is to go ahead and litigate it in court? Well, of course, um, the what the client wants to do plays a significant role in the decision that we ultimately make. So you're working for the state of Utah, UTA, all the different aspects of state government. That's your client. Right. Uh, the universities, all of the universities, the colleges, the technical colleges, um, all the state entities and the employees that are all, you know, covered under the state um, insurance plan. Uh, we represent all of those. So a lot of our, a lot of our significant cases now um, are involving um, either higher ed or, or school districts. Okay. Um, like, you know, for example, of course, the McCluskey case was one of our significant cases that we've had uh, recently. The University of Utah student that was killed by her boyfriend a few years ago. Yes. Yeah. Right. Um, and then that one, what, what ended up happening with that one? How did your office act um, on behalf of the state in that kind of situation? Well, of course, we are representing the university and its and its um, employees, and um, ultimately, we did make the decision to, along with the client. I mean, again, the clients. The University of Utah. Yes, um, and what they want to do is critical in uh, a case like that, and um, that was a case that we ultimately decided uh, should be settled. Um, it was. Uh, I mean, there were there almost always are. And there certainly were legal arguments that um, we could have raised in that case, and some that we did raise early on. But um, it was, um, of course, a, a, a very tragic case uh, that generated a lot of um, um, empathy um, among students at the university and a lot of um, frustration, I think, that the students uh, felt. And so we ultimately decided it was in the best interest of the client. The client agreed with that as well to um, resolve the case. And one of the things that was really uh, nice and I think significant about that case, it settled for a significant amount of money but um, the McCluskey family uh, dedicated all of that money to, um, uh, they, had, they created a uh, nonprofit in, in their daughter's name that uh, was committed to um, improving campus security. Um, so that, I think, um, you know, was a positive outcome of a really tragic case. Yeah. 
So the num are the numbers of cases that you're seeing come through your division increasing as time has gone on, as the state is growing, as society kind of becomes more litigious in general? Yeah. Um, I think that uh, if we just focus on uh, civil rights for, for a moment, what's interesting about, and that's where I've done all my work. I was a civil rights attorney. I was a torts attorney briefly, but I was a civil rights attorney, civil rights section director before I became the division director. So that's where I've done most, most of my work, and I'm most familiar with that. But that has become the, um, the area of litigation that's been the highest profile, the most significant, because it really, um, that's the type of litigation that really is addressing kind of the social issues of the day. Um, and there's, um, of course, in recent years with the Me Too uh, mm -hmm. movement, there's been uh, much more um, reporting of and attention to um, sexual assault. Uh, whether it be sexual assault at colleges and universities or, um, you know, sadly, and um, high schools or, or, or junior highs with uh, uh, minors, uh, that kind of litigation you're seeing um, much more of than you used to. Um, and and other, um, other types of litigation seeking to... Um, to hold institutions liable for uh, uh, and failure protect, to protect uh, uh, students is one you know legal theory. Mm -hmm. We're all in addition to sexual assault. We're seeing more um, cases related to um, discrimination, uh, race and national origin discrimination, um, such as the. Um, the Tishner um, case with the really tragic uh, death of the student in the mm -hmm. Davis School District. Mm -hmm. Right, right. So we're seeing more more of that type of litigation than we used to. I mean, in civil rights, it used to be, uh, you know, a UHP trooper pulled someone over and um, they would claim, then the driver would claim that the, prop, the stop was improper. So mm -hmm. it would be a, a, a sort of a small case as opposed to a really, you know, vast case looking at the conduct of the institution, mm -hmm. et cetera. And there's the Miller case that settled um, recently. You'll recall that one, right? Um, this me. was um, Valerie, <coughs> Valerie Miller um, was the um, woman who went to, uh, she and um, her uh, husband, John Miller, went to UHP um, in the 90s oh. and reported that yeah. uh, Valerie Miller had been sexually assaulted by a UHP trooper but when back she in was the, a child. Back in the 60s. Yeah, when, right, right, when she was a child. Right. And um, UHP uh, said that they would conduct an um, investigation into uh, the officers who were allegedly involved. And um, UHP ultimately, I say UHP, Department of Public Safety, which is over UHP, ultimately... Um, issued an apology for that because they um, they recognized and acknowledged that the uh, that the investigation had not been um, adequate mm -hmm. so so you're seeing a lot more of that type of litigation okay yeah none of these situations seem like they're um, very pleasant no to deal with no they're not so what is a what is a good day what does a victory look like for the litigation division <laughs> Oh, 
Um, that's a good question. Do you feel and like I'm trying to think of some of the things that we've had um, some victories in? Well, I guess what I'm saying is that um, there are people who think they can get money through frivolous and, and file frivolous lawsuits. So, I mean, if you're able to weed out who is actually damaged and who is just kind of trying to play the system, that to me seems like a big part of your job. Yeah. Uh, where you're kind of separating the wheat from the chaff a little bit. Yeah, I, ha I actually have a good example of one that we just got resolved recently. And that was one where, um, and of course, the underlying facts were, were tragic, as most of our cases are. Um, and this one involved um, a child who had been treated at Primary Children's um, Hospital and, um, and treated by a particular um, nurse there. And um, a few years after this child um, had recovered, the uh, nurse made contact with the family, just saying, oh, I want to see how your child is, is doing. And um, sadly, um, he uh, sexually assaulted the child and the siblings. Um, he became close friends with the family. and. Um, uh, sexually assaulted the children. Uh, very tragic case. Um, however, he, the family attempted to hold the University of, of Utah responsible for that by saying um, they had not uh, uh, properly screened this employee at the time that they hired the employee, which itself was not true. But in any event, um, you can sort of see there how attenuated that was. It was a nurse who had worked at the hospital, um, wasn't, I don't even believe was working at the hospital anymore, and years later, after he had met the patient there, he uh, initiated a relationship with the family and then um, sexually assaulted the, the children. And so the court um, agreed with us that they couldn't show causation there. I mean, it was a terrible, tragic situation, but it wasn't the university's fault. Right. Yeah. Okay. I can see that. Yeah. Um, it seems like in these diff difficult kinds of cases, you've got to have very skilled lawyers to deal with them. Um, yeah. Litigation attorneys are difficult to come by these days. Yeah. That um, has become a problem in recent years is being able to uh, hire and retain more um, well, let me, we're going to do a separate podcast on, okay. on this in particular, but okay. um, what kind of skill set, just in general terms, we'll wrap up with the kinds of skill set, that, the kinds of skill sets that you're looking for from, from your attorney. So uh, right. uh, someone, that, someone that's able to remain dispassionate, I imagine, and, uh, and objective and be smart about it. Right. Well, we have a lot of complicated legal arguments that we um, make on behalf of the state and state entities and their employees. As I mentioned, there are a lot of defenses that are very specific to uh, state employees. Um, and in the civil rights arena, there's a lot of uh, federal, uh, federal constitutional claims that are brought. And those are highly complex. They're probably the, about the most complex cases that you can be involved in 
you know, uh, aside from say like patent or trademark, which is a very specialized, but it's a very, very complicated um, area of litigation. So just being able to master the law is, in that area is, is, is difficult. And um, there used to not be so much um, what we call discovery, right? Where you have to go out and get a whole lot of documents and review the documents. Um, so, so, you know, 20 years ago when I first started litigating in civil rights, that wasn't a significant part of the practice. Because as I said, it might just be a UHP trooper pulling someone over and the, and, and the question was, was the, was the stop proper? That was what, an hour encounter? And it was all on video. So it was just very, very contained. Mm -hmm. Now we're looking at something like, you know, um, was the, you know, did the university, as a hypothetical, do what it should have done and ensuring that the fraternities on campus um, were, um, you know, uh, functioning properly and not um, uh, taking advantage of female students right. or something like that. We had a case like something along those lines. And stuff like that can involve um, incredible number of documents and policies and communications and emails that you have to be able to um, get on top of and review. So a lot of electronic data, that's become a huge mm -hmm. thing. So that in itself is a, is a skill. Sounds um, like a lot of work. It is a lot of work. Um, so, so yeah, it's uh, high volume um, and very complex litigation. Okay. So, yeah. Okay. Well, thank you for giving us a taste of what the litigation <laughs> division does and what it's all yeah. about. Separate podcasts will be coming on our overall employee retention issues at the Attorney General's office. That'll be on another podcast. And for now, thank you for joining us, Joni Jones. Yeah. My I'm Richard pleasure. Pyatt. See you next time. Thank you.